Thank you for listening to the Praise Family of Churches podcast. We have physical buildings throughout Oregon in Monmouth, McMinnville, Eugene, Mitchell, and Willamina, but our community extends around the world. If you would like more information about any of our churches, please visit www.praiseonline.net. Hey, thank you, everybody, and thank you, Ruff Ruff and Jessica, for that awesome presentation once again. I love what our kids' pastors are doing, and kids, don't forget to get your drawings done for the great drawing that's going to take place. Hey, I want to just share with you about a common parable that teach, uh, that Jesus taught on. Uh, it's very famous, probably the most famous of his parables. He taught on the Good Samaritan. There's hospitals named after the Good Samaritan. There's the, a law named after the Good Samaritan. If you, if you have to stop and help somebody, there's a Good Samaritan law. The Good Samaritan is very famous because Jesus answered the question of a lawyer who came to him and said, hey, I want to get this. I want to understand how it is to, to love God. And, and Jesus said, well, what's your take on it? And he explained his take on it, did a great job with it because Jesus said, well, you were right on, basically. And then Jesus said, uh, he said, there's one more question. He said, I want to ask you, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus explained. I want to read that in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. And we'll get the picture of what it takes and how loving God looks, according to Jesus. So this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? And what's your reading on it? What's your take on it, basically? Verse 27, so he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly, so do this and you will live. But now the lawyer responded, he said, but wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, he came and looked and passed by the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came by where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And the lawyer answered him, he who showed mercy on him. And then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Oh man, what a story. This guy came down the road and got attacked and beaten up half dead. I mean, that's really a serious beating. And he's laying there in the road and a priest walks by and the Levite walks by. But then a Samaritan walked by. Samaritans were not, um, they were kind of outcasts. They were hated and they were despised among the Jews. They didn't, they just thought they were just, uh, off the beaten track, and they were just people not to be uh, 
fellowshiped with. So they had a lot of prejudice toward Samaritans. So Jesus brings this story of the Good Samaritan and, uh, and confronts it with him and, and says, here's, here's how you love God. You love your neighbor, even if it's not someone who you normally would have something to do with. You know, it's so easy to love people that are lovely, but the ones that are not so lovely, well, that's more difficult. So I, I want to just tell you how loving God works today according to this parable that Jesus stated. Because we're living in crazy days and crazy times. And in fact, we titled this series, This Crazy Life, because as we talk about the parables of Jesus, it is so uncanny and amazing to me how they apply to right here, right now. And we're in this pandemic situation. Things are shut down and schools are shut down and there are a lot of opinions. Everybody's certain of everything and they're spouting off their opinions. And there, if there is a time for us to show mercy, it's now. And that's, that's what the Samaritan did. He came along the road and he saw this man who was not someone he would normally relate with and he showed him mercy. So the first thing you, you do to, to express the love of God is you show mercy. Uh, mercy is something that you do for someone who needs a break. Who needs, who needs some help. I grew up on the farm, and when, before I was born, I was a seventh out of seven kids, and, and before I was born, we had a farm horse, and one of my sisters fell off that horse and broke her arm. The story goes, I was never there to see it, but they dad just took the horse to town and uh, sold, the, sold the horse because he didn't want any animal that would hurt any kids. And I heard this story over and over growing up, and lodged in my little brain was horses are scary. Don't mess with horses. And, and so uh, the neighbor girl had a large horse and I was trying to impress her, like my ability to ride it. She said, you want to ride him? I said, sure, I didn't really, but I, I jumped on and the horse took off and ran wild with me through the trees and on gravel. And it was so scary and I was afraid for my life. And that was my uh, experience with a horse. And so horses terrify me. Well, I was a young pastor in the town of Shoto, and one of my friends, his name was, uh, one of my friends, his name was Chip McGillis, um, was tragically killed in a car accident. And I had, was asked to do a service, and it was like my third funeral. And I really had a heart for this guy, and I really was trying to uh, get a sermon ready that would relate to the people, and then Here's the problem. After the funeral, we were going to ride up this trail to a buffalo jump and scatter Chip's ashes over the buffalo jump on his property. See, Chip, his family owned a, a, a large ranch. It's called the Hamilton Ranch after the Hamilton Beach Company. It was, I think, 15, 20,000 acres of really prime ranch land. And there were people from all over that were flying in for this service. And they were going to hold it out in the meadow. And there was, there was talk there was gonna be a thousand people at this funeral. And here I am, this wet behind the ears pastor having to come up with a sermon for outdoors among that uh, crowd. And I was, I was freaked out. And I remember I was sitting at my, much like this table, I was sitting at the, at the island in my kitchen, looking at sermons and trying to figure out what I was gonna say and racking my brain, I couldn't get anything. And then in the back of my mind, I was afraid of horses and I had to ride a horse up, the, up to the buffalo jump and I was like, oh, can't do it. And I heard this knock on the door at 11 o'clock and it startled me and I just, uh, 
don't know who that would be. So I get to the door and here's my friend Mike. And Mike looked at me and said, Joe, I know you hate horses and I know you're afraid to ride up to the buffalo jump tomorrow. So I have a horse that I got from the, from the uh, forest service and it's about half dead and it just is, it'll just, it's, you don't even have to steer it. It'll just, it'll just go up. It's super calm. And so I was like, ah. So I was relieved and I was just like, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it so much. And he left and I'm telling you, I had what I was supposed to say just be unlocked and I was able to come up with my sermon and it was just like I knew what I was supposed to say. Boy, isn't it interesting how when you show mercy to someone, God is, in them is unlocked and released in ways that you won't be able to know. Showing mercy to someone, even online, whoa, I don't want to talk about it too much because I know we're all sensitive, but if you show mercy to someone who's maybe not your opinion, watch what God does. Same with your household and your family. If you show mercy to someone, just watch and see. Because showing mercy is what the Samaritan did. Jesus said, this is what it is to love God, is to love your neighbor as yourself and to show mercy. Um, it's hard right now to show mercy to certain people and if they're in government or if they're in leadership of different places and it's tough, uh, they have to make decisions and a lot of times the mercy is running out and we're just like, we need answers right now. I get it. I understand the frustration of this time. But if there ever is a time for us to show mercy and to show how God loves is now. Uh, the second thing I want to tell you uh, from this story is we, we learn God's heart. Um, David in the Old Testament was known as a man whose heart after God, who, who was in step with God's heart. Uh, we need to learn what God's heart is for people. Uh, when you see somebody and you interact with somebody, you don't have to think of what your attitude is toward them as much as you think of what God added, God's attitude toward them might be. See, it's very important. In verse 27 of this story, the, the lawyer said to Jesus, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you have answered correctly. You do this and you will live. If you have the heart of God for someone, if you take and, and you interact with people and you're in, the, in your spirit, I wonder what God is feeling about this person. That is so critical to get the heart of God. See, that's what David, he understood God's heart. And so David became famous for being a man after God's own heart. He understood. And so I just, I think these are days where we need to lean and learn in what God's heart is. And which leads us to the third thing I want to share, that this good Samaritan had, and he explained the love of God. He had empathy. Empathy is needed. Empathy is, is getting the pain someone is in. <laughs> this Samaritan was probably harassed growing up. He was part of the Samaritan crowd. He would run into people that were from Jerusalem and they didn't, they, he was an outcast. And maybe, they, maybe he was beat up. Maybe he was harassed. Whatever it was, he had suffered. And when he saw the man who was beat up and was suffering, he got his pain. He understood it, and he got and he went to him. Here's, here's, this is so important. 
we need to get the pain people are in and not waste the moment. <laughs> I, every once in a while, I hear of somebody who's had open heart surgery. You know, five years ago, I had open heart surgery. They put me on a little stainless steel table and they, they zipped it open and opened my heart and worked on it for four hours and sewed me back up. And oh boy, the pain after that was over. Can I just tell you now when I hear someone is having open heart surgery, I just go, I, I can feel it. It's like, oh, okay, I will pray for you earnestly. Because you know why? I know how it feels. And I know the pain of that. And you know the pain of your life. Suffering is not something that we, any of us escape. But the thing we need to know and realize that as God brings us through suffering, when he brings us through pain and when he brings us through difficult times, to not waste that moment, but to take that and use it for empathy to understand what someone else is going through. I, uh, as a pastor of a church, we've had three people just since the COVID thing pass away. That, um, and I, I just feel so sad. You know, we had Roger and Bethel and then, and then this last week we had Kenny Smith, but Bethel was 93 and she was in the hospital and she, she, nobody could visit her. And it was so hard to talk to her on the phone because she just wanted somebody to come in. She says, no, you can't come in, they won't allow you. This is a tough, this is a tough time for people in those places. What do we learn from that? Well, I tell you this, and I make this commitment. When someone is in the hospital and visiting is allowed again, I am going to visit. I am going to take time to go talk to somebody or pray with somebody in those moments because it's important because sometimes we realize, oh, that's okay, I don't have to go. No, it's a big deal. You need to have empathy for the people who are not able to be together and realize when it's your chance and you get that moment, go. I don't want you to waste that time. You see, the good Samaritan went through life and he had suffering and he had things in his life, but when he saw someone else beaten up and on the side of the road, he had the heart of God. He had the passion and the compassion of God and he went to him and he ministered to him and he cared for him and he took him and put him in an inn and paid his bill. It costs you dearly, but when you have empathy, it's not that big a deal to pay that price because you realize how much pain that guy is going through. Well, your suffering is valuable. Can I just repeat that? Your suffering is valuable. What you're going through, maybe it's a difficult time of being separated from loved ones. Maybe it's a financial crisis. Maybe it's a, a, a serious illness or a health issue. Whatever it is, relationship problems, your suffering is valuable. And you need to understand and experience it with God because God is there in the midst of it. And as you come through that suffering, Scripture says in Romans 8, nothing will separate you from the love of God. All the different kinds of suffering, nothing will, will separate you from the love of God. So you take and you go through that suffering with God. And on the other side of it, you will be a good Samaritan. You will see someone else suffering and you'll realize, oh, this is the heart of God. This is what I'm supposed to do. And you'll go to them and you'll, and you'll bless them and you'll care. This is a serious time for the church to get it, to understand the value of, of the hurting people around us and to take steps to go to them. This Good Samaritan story 
is so deep and so powerful that they've named hospitals after the Good Samaritan. They've got laws after the Good Samaritan because it's foundational to who God is. At the heart of God is to be like a Good Samaritan. I want to pray for you today because as we close this time and we go into some more worship, I just want to pray for you through this difficult time of being separated. We've got church coming up where we'll gather more, and I understand all that time, but I don't want to waste this suffering time. I want to make sure we get through it on the other side of it with a new heart for others who are separated from God. Let me pray with you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word that teaches us what your heart is like and who you are like, God. And I thank you, Lord, for Jesus who, who showed us what it is to care and to suffer and to, on the other side of it, care and understand how we feel. So, Lord, we want to receive and ex experience you in every way. So as we, as we minister to others, we're able to reveal your heart. Thank you, Lord, for being the ultimate Samaritan for us, the one who helps those of us who are broken and wounded so that we can in turn bless others. And thank you, Lord, for who you are. In your name, amen. If there's ever a time to show mercy, it's now. That's so true, those words are just ringing in my ears. And I'm thinking about the differences as we're in this world between justice and mercy and grace. And justice is getting what we deserve, and we see it all the time. But mercy is not getting what we deserve, where grace is getting the things that we don't deserve. Um, and I think about those concepts, and grace is something that is the work of God, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. That's His work. Our work is mercy, to leave space for Him to be in that. And when I was in graduate school, I had a professor who would put us up in the front. I was in grad school for counseling. They'd put us up in the front and we'd have to pretend to be counseling somebody in front of the whole class. It was really intimidating. And we weren't allowed to use any statements that were not basic empathy for an entire 20 minutes. I challenge you to try that out. Try to only use phrases of basic empathy and not try to fix someone's problems right away, it's a lot more difficult than you think. And so much so that he would get just right behind us. And if we went anywhere other than basic empathy, he would stop us and say, nope, go back to basic empathy, go back to basic empathy. And at the time it was so frustrating. It would be really hard to, I don't know what else to say. But to this day, he's the voice in my head when I'm counseling someone, oftentimes when I'm talking to someone, that my default now is go to basic empathy. And so I wanna challenge us, think about basic empathy this week. How can I just love someone without having an agenda, without trying to fix whatever problem is, without pushing my opinion on them? Just how do I have basic empathy for people? And the only way that we're able to do that is that if we're willing to have the perspective of Jesus and his kingdom, and we're willing to go into our own hearts, into the place that understands what that person's pain is like. So let's leave room. Let's stand in the uncomfortable spaces. Let's show mercy, because when we show mercy, we leave room for the grace of Jesus to come in. So let's pray. 
Jesus, thank you so much that your grace is bigger than even our ability uh, to be in those uncomfortable spaces, God. I just pray you would show us how to use basic empathy, how to see people like you see them, to see them as human beings and not as a, a political party or as a certain subsect of groups or whatnot, but as people that you made, God, that that would shift our perspective on how we see the world, God. We are praying for something radical in our hearts um, so that we can bring your kingdom to this earth and that it would just shake everything up. We love you so much, and we're just inviting you into those spaces in our hearts and in the hearts of our families. In Jesus' name, amen.